Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm very pleased to announce my next guest. She is Deirdre Maloney from Momentum LLC in San Diego. And Deirdre has written a couple of books, both available on Amazon. One's entitled Tough Truths, The 10 Leadership Lessons We Don't Talk About. And the other one is Mission Myth, Building Nonprofit Momentum Through Better Business. And we're going to uh, talk to her about um, mildly audacious leadership. So I can't wait to get into that. Deirdre, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Let's talk about uh, your background a little bit before we get into what mildly audacious uh, leadership is, Deirdre. Talk about your background in Momentum LLC. What can you tell us about yourself and the company? Well, I, I actually have kind of a circuitous path to have gotten where I did, where I think, which I think most people do. I actually started out as a broadcast news producer, and uh, when I got out of that, I decided to get into marketing and wound up marketing for a local nonprofit where I was, when I was living in Denver, Colorado. It was very large, and wound up running it for lots of reasons. I always say that had nothing to do with me. I moved up from within, and there were some circumstances that had me take over. Made a ton of mistakes and learned from those mistakes, and so that's what led me to write my my first book, The Mission Myth. And when I did that, I was really focusing on Nonprofits, but what I soon realized was a lot of the management things, the management concepts I was putting out, certainly the leadership concepts really spread to nonprofit, for profit, all of us as leaders wanting to be more successful, wanting to be more happy. And so it took off from there, and that's how I got to talk truth and my um, my blog, which is on the Huffington Post, and all kinds of leadership tips, all using my personal brand of uh, mild audacity. I like to say that I, I say the things that people won't say, but I do it nicely, and that seems to be a, a good blend for a lot of folks and organizations. That's great. And so you're, you're your initial book was uh, Building Nonprofit Momentum Through Better Business, and I, I like the sound of that. But like you said, some of those truths also translate over to for-profit businesses just as well. So it, it sounds like a very interesting read. And the 10 leadership lessons we don't talk about. We don't have time to get into all 10 of those today, but can you tell us what a couple of those might be? Sure. A lot of it is around being a manager. One of the things I learned when I was managing people is you have to be willing to be unliked or disliked. You have to make decisions. You have to create change. You get to support people, but you also have to hold them accountable. So one of them is you're not necessarily going to be very popular. Another one that I talk about a lot is nobody's going to find you as interesting as you do or your company is interesting Your company is interesting as you do. So it's up to you to put together incredible stories and pitches that are short and sweet to get people to pay attention to you and what you're trying to sell. And so it's, it's some of those things that we don't always think about. You know, we all know about the smart goals and, and things like that. But this is really about becoming who you really are, having the gut to be who you really are, and finding that balance to be authentic to you, and then also helping others be successful as well. That, those are great, great leadership tips. I heard one a long time ago that said, "If you can, if you can tell it with blah, don't say blah blah blah." Uh, but uh, yeah, exactly, I, I, exactly. <laughs> and that's what most employees hear. But uh, so let's talk about mild audacity. Why is mild audacity important as a leader? 
I think the important thing is that in order to connect, whether you're leading a company, whether you're talking with people you manage, talking with customers, or frankly, just in a social setting, we're all out to connect with each other. A lot of us forget to be who we really are. Now, I think as we get more mature and as we evolve, that doesn't always happen. But what I've learned over time is that when I've been managing people or trying to grow my company, I, I almost doubled the size of my organization. It was a multi-million dollar organization in the time I was there, not because I was anything great, but because I brought in the right people. I made authentic relationships and connections so that when we needed things, we could authentically go after them because we had relationships in place. All success in life, whether you're going for a promotion, whether you're going for a job, or whether you're trying to return something without a receipt, it's about making a connection with the person across from you. And that happens when you're authentic to you. And so really what Miles Audacity is, is being willing to be who you really are, being willing to say the things that other people won't say, being charming, but in a way that's honest to you. It's all about being honest. But the word I hear a lot when people read myself, my blog or my books or hear me talk is refreshing. Because when you say it like it is, when you say what you're thinking in a respectful way, people will respond to that. And that's what makes you more successful. So, yeah, we have to be – there's a fine line between audacious and abrasive, I guess, right? And that you have to be careful absolutely not to cross that line. But I, I think what I'm hearing you say is it. you have to understand, you know, be yourself and be authoritative with and be respectful at the same time. So that's where the mildly comes in. Is that right? That's right. I, I say that I'm originally from New York, but now I live in California, and I think I found the right blend. Because I think if you just go out there as a manager and you think you're all that and you have this arrogance about you and you just go after what you want and kind of bulldoze around, that's not going to make, that doesn't make you a great leader at all. But that helps stroke your ego. Really, when you see people do that, the truth is they're often very, very insecure because they need to prove themselves. Their leadership and their title is all wrapped up in their identity. But what you need to do is you need to be that leader who people want to follow, who people want to model themselves after. But you also need to honor the people in the room. So you tell them how it is. You tell them what you think, and then you hear what they have to say, and together you can find your decisions. Now, sometimes as a leader, it's up to you to make those decisions. I often felt that people would come to me talking about a couple of different scenarios, and what they really wanted was for me to make the choice. Somebody has to make the decision, and you need to do that. But when you're out there and you're clear, you say what you really think in a very, in a way that's respectful. It's all about balance. Then you'll get that respect back, and then you'll be able to find those connections and have greater success. Now, it seems like this, uh, what I think I've heard you say also is that this is important in other parts of your life. Why is it important in, in, in all of your life? It makes a lot of sense, but why would it be? Well, and I think it's, that's absolutely right. What I found is when I tried to be somebody I wasn't or when I tried to pretend that something didn't bother me when it did or didn't address something that was clearly an issue with somebody, it just made for a less authentic life. And when you don't live authentically, when you aren't really who you really are, your connections aren't special, your connections aren't as real, they're not as strong, and you're not as true to who you are and you're not going to be less happy. So when you're out there and you're saying what you think and you're out there in a way that you express yourself but you know when to pull back and you know how to have connections, then every part of your life is successful and happy or not every part but it's everything that you're striving for in your relationship and your community building going out there and being who you really are and having the gut to do that it's not easy for a lot of people and it's not necessarily what we're taught to do growing up so having the gut to do that and, and find out who you really are and be gracious about it as well it's just a combination that seems to work for the people I know and, and I've learned from and there are, obviously there are techniques that people can learn and employ if it, they are uncomfortable with that to learn how to do that, I would imagine, right? Oh, sure. I think 
I think the best thing you can do is find other leaders who you think are true and authentic, who have that way. I think we all know leaders who can come and kind of convince us of anything. They have this way of, of delivering what they really believe in a very sincere way and trying to model ourselves after that. The first thing we need to do to be mildly audacious leaders is to be really square with who we are and really comfortable who we are with who we are, not in an arrogant way. We want to be real about what our limitations are and what we need to do and grow and always try to figure out how we can evolve ourselves. But if we can learn how we can be really true to ourselves and be confident in the way that we speak about ourselves, it's coming from what's truly within us, and then meet that balance with the person across the table, that's what gets you the gold in life. And there's other people out there doing that. I know I did that by modeling myself after other leaders. My father was great at this. He was he was a salesman all of his life. But the way he sold, he didn't care what he was selling. He, he loved making connection. And so I learned from him how to be who you really are, but also be very, very gracious and find that balance. So find the people around you who you think can do that and ask them how they do it and start to model yourself after that and become really comfortable with yourself. That's actually the first step. And that, that could be the hardest for a lot of people. Now, I, would, I think there's a lot of people where I would assume, you know, especially business owners, they, they tend to be a lonely lot. <laughs> They, yes. you know, they're they're in the front. Of, they can't let their hair down and tell people what the real problems of the business are because half the people don't care, and the rest of them would be worried if they found out what was really going on. But so I would imagine from a self assessment, that would be one way for them to find out their true north. But other than that, uh, would they would they be wise to listen to um, opinions or uh, insights from other people around them to tell them, no, no, you're really more like this instead of the way you think you are. I think that's a great strategy as long as the people you choose, you do, as long as you choose them very carefully. People who really know you, people who are champions of you. I myself am a, am a I started out certainly as a sole entrepreneur. I have now a boutique firm. And when you start out, it is a really lonely time. And it can be a time where you're just not self assured. You're not sure what you're bringing to the table. And the way I found that I was able to grow myself was, was doing some of what you're doing. I tried to be very introspective without beating myself up because that's the other side of the spectrum we can fall into. Talking to people I trusted, I had a coach at the time when I first started my business. I had a coach for several years to help me walk through some things. And I also specifically asked those that I trust, what do you think? How do you find this relationship? What do you think about the way I'm marketing myself and my business? And I, I often do this. I, I do a lot of sessions. I do a lot of trainings and facilitations. And one of them is on personal branding. And I always ask people to think about the perfect you experience. When someone walks away and they say, I loved that time with Deirdre because she was blank. That will get you to what the most authentic you is. So when I go out there, I know that my personal brand is mild audacity. When I do my trainings, I have the luxury of, of uh, telling what other people won't say. And when people hire me, what I say to them is the truth is behind me is don't hire me to tell you what you want to hear. Hire me to listen to what you're saying and to be the organizational expert and to help you find your success and to reach your goals. So people know right from the beginning what they can expect from me. And I make sure others that I trust hold me accountable to that on a regular basis. Now, that's great insight. And of course, a lot of business owners these days are joining things like CEO peer groups so that they can um, work on this in a safe environment with other like-minded individuals in, in, a, in again, a, a peer group environment. So is that something that you, is that your, what you're referencing to? You talk to peer groups and business owner groups like that to help them work through this yeah. uh, situation? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do. I, I think there's something to those kinds of peer groups that are very structured and systemic. We certainly have some wonderful ones here in San Diego. 
I think the trick to that is if you're going to be in a group with other CEOs and you're all working in the community together, it's not always the safe space that people tend to say it is because you still want to look a certain way and you still want to act a certain way and you still want people to think certain things about you. So I definitely think peer groups have a place in your own personal development and professional development, helping you to learn from each other, helping you to share, um, you know, just tips and, and ideas on how to grow yourself and how to grow your business and how to market your business. Absolutely. But I think if we want to get to a really safe space where people can tell you this is who I see you really are, this is what I'd work on about yourself, I think you want to go a little bit deeper and be a little bit more discerning about who you choose to do that and choose them carefully. I have what I call um, a spotter's group. I got the idea from reading Barbara Fanning, who's a, a wonderful writer. And we get together once a month in a very safe space. We're all each other's champions, but we'll also give it to each other straight. And we ask specific questions of reflection and what people are seeing about us and what they think. And then we know it's coming from a really pure place where we can be vulnerable and hear what they have to say. And that's the most important thing when you're trying to get feedback from others is, is making sure that safe space is really, really safe and that you don't have to put on errors for any reason. Great point, and that's a great idea. And so in this day and age, we're moving into more and more of an open box kind of information age where there's things like Yelp that obviously you can't run and hide if you have a customer has a bad experience, they're going to tell about it. And uh, we're also moving into an age where we have these uh, multiple generations to manage for a business owner. How much should they be studying and learning about different ways of communication with these different uh, groups of individuals that might be under their leadership? I think it's helpful to learn about different generations and how they communicate because I think that there are some generalities that are true. I think a big mistake that you can make, though, in that is generalizing too much. I, I think the most important thing you can do as a leader when you're bringing in someone from a different generation than yours or just anybody is to get to know them on a deeper level, to get to know what their needs are, to make your expectations as clear as possible, to talk about your communication, what they need and what you expect right from the beginning so that you can then use that moving forward. I think I think we all have our ideas about millennials. I myself am an ex-Jenner, and I am a pure, I am a classic ex-Gen person. But I also know that there's there's nuances to me that's different than what my generation really represents. So I think the important thing is understand and come armed with information, but everybody's different. And everybody's coming to a position or a place in your life with their own history and their own beliefs and their own norms. And that's the stuff that's just helpful to get to know a little bit so you can make that connection and, and really understand what everybody needs and expects moving. Great point. I just saw a statistic today that said the millennials are, of course, between 18 and 34 years old, and they're, they're, they're the largest group in the workforce right now. And, and a lot of yeah. leaders uh, are finding that these millennials really, uh, generally, again, w want to know that they're part of the game, that they're part, that there's meaning in their work. Uh, they're not going to be influenced so much by the pension plan and the, and the long-range goal, but the more day-to-day -day communication. And my question, I guess, would be, is it important these days to give employees a chance to openly provide their comments about how they think the CEO is doing and should a CEO do that? I think it's a good idea to get feedback from anybody who wants to give it. Certainly millennials will bring in a great perspective and, and you want to hear that. I think when you do that, when it's about the company, uh, I think you want to be really, really clear about what you're going to do with that information and if it's going to be advisory or if it's going to be going toward decision making. So it's very clear from the beginning what, what they can expect and, and not promise too much, but also make sure it's an authentic share of, of information. I know when I was a CEO, I, I wanted to know from my group how I was doing, and that was helpful. I think it takes a strong CEO to be able to do that. It has to be done 
in a very respectful way and in a systemic way. And it takes, as I say in the in the Tough Truths book, my second book, you know, you're not always going to be liked if you're making hard decisions and if you're creating change and holding people accountable. So knowing that there are gonna, there's going to be some feedback that isn't always going to be positive and, and being willing to look at that as objectively as you can and integrate anything that might be true in. But I think the whole system and the whole process needs to be done with a lot of thought and care, mm-hmm. not with an idea that if I fill this out, there's going to be retaliation, anything like that, or that my CEO is going to change because I say this. I need to be really clear from the beginning how that information will be used. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think the, you know, the goal is, obviously, as a leader, you want to retain employees and not, not be subject to a, a revolving door of employees. And part of that is learning how they communicate and getting getting better at that. Uh, Deirdre, how do our uh, listeners find out more about you and your services? Okay, so I my company, Momentum LLC, uh, I do work across the country. I do trainings on communication and leadership as well as facilitation. I mean, I facilitate sessions. I do a lot of strategic planning as well as helping groups kind of overcome tricky dynamics. I always say I'm the nicest bad cop you'll ever meet because I meet <laughs> all the objectives by the end of the day, but I make sure nobody's talking too long, but everybody feels heard, that kind of thing. So people can go to makemomentum.com. To learn more about me, they can also go to bogusbalance.com. That's actually the name of my newest book, which is just out uh, a couple weeks now, all about the fact that work-life balance is actually not something we can attain, but that there's ways to be happy anyway if we make the right choices. So makemomentum.com and bogusbalance.com are are the two places people can find out lots more about me. Fantastic. Well, I wish you luck on the new book. It sounds great. Again, you're telling it like it is <laughs> uh, yeah, in, exactly. in a nice way. Uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you and our. Uh, I hope our listeners will uh, take advantage of those offers and read your books and uh, think about uh, looking you up if they need a speaker or a uh, facilitator for some of their group meetings out there. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I'd love to have you back on and talk more about this in depth. I think we scratched the surface today, but it was very, very interesting. And I want to thank you again for joining us today. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it, Bill. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions. So you can be well planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 